This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. I feel a little boogie coming on. What do you think? Keep him out of the end zone. 6'2", 220, and the, the desire to get his first Patriot touchdown from Tom Brady. Three Dolphins, four Dolphins here. Handoff. Left Garrett Blunt. Touchdown, Patriots. Number 18 for LeGarrette Blunt. A celebration in the end zone for New England. And the Patriots are five and a half minutes away from a perfect 8-0 road record this season. And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. And usually, you know, first show back after a Patriots win. Uh, we opened the show with that. But considering there's so much sports going on, we figured we'd open it with another one. We'll play it when our... Next guest comes on to talk some Patriots football, and another one has bit the dust on the Patriots' schedule, and now it's on to the playoffs as the Patriots finish 14-2, and top of the AFC, first seed overall, home advantage throughout, unlike last year. They meant business, like we said, with our next guest, John Sarinades of XNOJo.com. Uh, different feel to that Patriots team in Miami this year, huh, John? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, you just have a different vibe with this team in general. They, they didn't go into the playoffs with much momentum last year, and they beat Kansas City, but you never really felt that they were good enough to get back to the Super Bowl. This year, I think a combination of the way they're playing and, and the way they finished off the season and what the rest of the AFC looks like, looks like, you feel a lot more confident. Yeah, and you know that being said, though, and this is why... This is what I liked about the way they approached the final games, despite their opponents, uh, despite the fact that you know they still might be able to lock it up without going all out. I like the all business approach, and what 
I really like is, yeah, they're not going to say it to us, but they have hinted towards it a little more, and you're definitely talking about it behind the scenes, and that's learning lessons. And I, I think you need to look a little further back uh, for this upcoming playoff run and what could happen to 2010. And Mike Reese had a uh, great story on it today. You remember 14-2, and two, number one seed, eight straight, straight wins entering that postseason, and they lost to the Jets in the divisional round. So anything can happen. This doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to they're gonna win automatically. But I think based on the fact that you have a, a more mature core uh, and you've got Tom Brady, not just for his skill, but for this approach that he's just really like taking lessons from the past so much and, and applying it on the field. And that that's what I love right now, John, is that they, they're saying, look, we know this isn't a, a guarantee. We know we've, what we've done now, but now we got to continue to do it. And I just, I love the all business, learned our lesson approach. Yeah, absolutely. And look, this is this is a veteran team. Everybody seems to think, well, they're young and they're, they're going to be leaning on a lot of young guys. But the core of this team is a veteran group. These are guys that have been there: Brady, Edelman, McCourty, uh, Nate Solder, uh, Marcus Cannon. These Legarrette Blount, these guys have been there before. Dante Hightower, they won big games, they won a Super Bowl, so they know what that's like. And and that's not a knock on the 2010 team because I, I think you you bring up a great point to me. I think there are a lot of parallels between that 2010 team and this team, but I do think that there is a, a certain sense of urgency with this team. Exactly. Everybody knows that that window is going to start to close there, and if Tom Brady and this organization is going to win that fifth Super Bowl. This is probably their best shot. So it's not to say that in 2010 they weren't a focused group going into those playoffs, but but I think it's more of a business-like mentality going into these playoffs. I think they are going to take it one game at a time. I think they know and understand what's in front of them. And I think that different approach and leaning on that core group and their experience I think makes this a different team than that 2010 team. Because let's not forget, they lose the Jets in the divisional round that year, but they blew the Jets out three weeks earlier by mm-hmm. 42 points. So this team has a different feel to it, though. I, I think this team isn't as reliant on one or two guys. I think it's more of a collective effort. It reminds me a lot of, of some of the early Patriot teams that we saw yes. in the Brady had yep. up front. Totally agree with you. I, I see a lot of similarities to 03 and 04, especially with the defense and, and just – uh, the way they can take over a game and change the tempo of a game and the way they pride themselves in that. But as we're speaking there, I'm even thinking, you know, you're talking about what happened with the Jets, you know, throttling them in the regular season and then losing to them in the division round. We realize now they could face the team they just beat handedly in the Miami Dolphins in the divisional round. Yeah. And look, here's the thing, though. I think it's a little different about the Miami Dolphins of 2017 versus the New York Jets of 2010. That Jets team was pretty talented. Yes. Uh, They were just as well coached, if not coached better than this Dolphins team is. And I think that team had a lot of experience. They had been there before. They had gotten to the AFC Championship game the year before. Whereas this Miami Dolphins team, they had made the playoffs since 2008. This is a whole new experience for these guys. It's an experience for Adam Gates, the head coach, being in this position. I don't think they beat Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh poses the greatest threat to the Patriots in the AFC. Mm-hmm. But if they were to pull off the upset, it would be like 2010 all over again. But to get back to a point I made earlier, what I love about this team is, is that most years with Rob Gronkowski out for the rest of the season, 
we're talking about how they, they're not the same team without Gronk. They don't have a chance without Gronk. Brady Boss is number one weapon. That would be the conversation. But what I love about this team is that this team doesn't need Rob Gronkowski to get to Houston. And it's not because the rest of the AFC isn't as strong. As Thank you. I love past. that you're saying that. But I think it's because this team is more balanced. Because what happens in football, Jimmy, is that when you have that one guy that you rely on so much, like they've relied on Rob Gronkowski through the years, it becomes a crutch. And what ends up happening is when you lose him, if he's not healthy, it completely derails your offense because so much of it ran through Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. That's not the case with this team now. They have a lot of different guys that can do different things. The receivers, the backs, you have Martellus Bennett. Heck, Matt Lengel's making plays. So yeah. I love this team. And to your point, when you look at them defensively, they don't really have that one or two guys that are quote-unquote star type players at their respective position, but they play good team defense. Yeah. And so that's why I think this team reminds me a lot of those old 3 teams, like you said, because I think they play good collective football. I love it. I love it. And uh, speaking of, you know, players filling in and, and just being a role, playing their role, finding their niche on a team and, and being able to slide in and do the little things. I mean, it, it came out the way it ended up being as a, as a big thing and a big hit. Blocking. That has always been one thing that the Patriots, if you can come in and you're you're kind of, you know, looked at as, uh, you know, like look at Gronkowski's a perfect example. You're looked at as this high-octane offense guy, this skilled guy, and that's all everybody really talks about. But you know what your teammates talk about are the little things you do. And obviously, as you know, being a head coach in football, probably one of the biggest things that your teammates are going to appreciate is that you're willing to sacrifice for them and you're willing to lay down that block regardless of who you are and what you've done to that point. And, man, did Michael Floyd ever earn his spot in that locker room with that block? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that gets your attention. And I think it speaks to the fact that he's more comfortable playing here now. He scored the touchdown earlier in the game. Yep. He then makes that big block on Julian Edelman's touchdown. He's getting comfortable with being here. He's getting comfortable with the offense. He's getting comfortable with his teammates. He's developing a rapport with Tom Brady. And he's going to be a big part of this football team moving forward. And, uh, and again, I know a lot of people have been critical of Bill Belichick and the signing of Michael Floyd. That might be a blessing in disguise for this football team. Because let's be honest here. If Rob Gronkowski never gets hurt, they never signed Michael Floyd. Mm-hmm. Okay? If, if Michael Floyd doesn't end up getting the DUI, he's still in Arizona. So, the reality is him getting the DUI and Gronkowski getting hurt and them signing him, that could be the difference for them offensively. And, and, and I'm serious when I say this to you. He could be the difference between them winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl because he gives them the one thing we've been saying they haven't had. And even when they had Brendan LaFell here a couple of years ago, they still didn't have that guy, that X factor, that X receiver, that guy that can create matchups for him, especially when the ball is in plus territory. Well, they have that now. With this guy, he's 6'2", 220 pounds. He's a, he's a weapon in the red zone. He can create in one-on-one situations. He can give you a matchup advantage. He's a guy that's going to be a big part of this offense moving forward. You get back a Danny, a Danny Amendola to go with him and to go with Edelman, and you get back Malcolm Mitchell. Now you have four receivers that can all impact the game, along with your two tight ends and along with a solid, stable running back. This might be the most diverse Patriots offense Bill Belichick has had in his time here, and that's saying a lot because he's had some pretty good skill groups. Yeah, it is, and uh, you know what? It, I, look, 
Everybody's going off on Brent Moshberger last night uh, for what he said, and he did deliver it wrong. I mean, maybe he he was trying to get across a different message, but he he really, you know, he was he was promoting uh, Mixon a little too much. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. What happened? Yeah, with Joe Mixon last yeah. night, and he talked about the situation with the video and everything. Yeah, but that being said, everyone does deserve second chances, and, and I mean, you know. If Floyd can take his second chance on the field and continue to what he's continue what he's doing, continue what he did last week, good on him. And then you know, like I've said on the show before, and I said when that video emerged of him, you know, God willing, he finds himself too off the field, which is way more important. And you know, hopefully, my hope for a guy like that is that his, you know, building back his rep on the field and getting his confidence on the field leads to him believing himself off the field and veering away from the direction he's headed. I mean, and look, I think it's great. He might be able to make this team, but let's not forget, he might face jail time as well. So he has an uncertain future ahead, but I like the fact that right now he's putting his head down, he's appreciating the second chance he got from the Patriots and making the best of it. He absolutely is, and I'll take it a step further. I would love to see the Patriots re-sign him this offseason. Me too. You know he's going to do? He's probably going to do some jail time. He's probably looking at minimum a four-game suspension. There's not going to be much of a market for him. You could probably get this guy in a one-year deal. Why not bring him back on a one-year deal? You get back a healthy Rob Gronkowski. You make another run at it next year, especially if they win it. Why wouldn't you, while you still are getting the kind of production you're getting from Tom Brady, you should want to load up as much as possible to try to stay in contention as long as you can, as long as he's playing at a high level. So why not consider bringing him back on a one-year deal? Him and Martellus Bennett, to me, Despite the fact that they have all these free agents to deal with on the defensive side of the ball, I think to me, Martellus Bennett and even Michael Floyd, if he ends up having a productive postseason, I think these guys almost become non-negotiables. I think you have to find a way to bring these guys back. Because if they win it this year, and you can re-up three of those guys on the defensive side of the ball and then somehow find a way to re-sign Bennett, Mm -hmm. and maybe you get Michael Floyd in a one-year deal, you absolutely do that, especially if he's productive in the playoffs. Because now he's here. Now he's comfortable. You're not necessarily going to need him the first quarter of the season, but he could become a vital piece for them next season at the midway point. So if he ends up producing in these playoffs, I would strongly consider, if I were Bill Belichick, bringing him back next year on a one- or even two-year deal because that's probably what the market for him is going to be. Yep, for sure. And, you know, before we let you go, John, I want to ask you, you and I discussed it, I think, last time I had you on or the time before, what might happen with McDaniels and Patricia and you know, Black Monday hit, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they're they're taking interviews, and they've accepted to go and uh, do some interviews with a variety of teams. There, your thoughts now has has your opinion changed on what might happen with them and where they might end up? I, I still think of the two of them. I still think Josh McDaniels is the most likely to leave. I think okay. he's going to have the most opportunity, and and that's not a knock on Matt Patricia, but the reality is. Owners in the NFL are always going to put offensive guys at the top of the list because mm-hmm. offense, good productive offense, sells tickets, it develops talent, it's exciting. Owners typically want to interview offensive coaches first, and then they'll see what's out there for defensive coaches and bring them in as well. I think Josh McDaniels is gone. I don't particularly think this group of openings is a good group of openings for him if I were in his position. I take these interviews, but realistically speaking, he might want to stick around for another year or two and see what else comes open. But I do think ultimately he is going to get offered one of these jobs that is open. 
And I think he's going to take it because I think he realizes long term, this might, this might be my best shot at getting out of here. I can't stay here anymore. I can't stick around until Bill Belichick decides he wants to hang up the whistle. Matt Patricia, I think, is going to be back. I think he's going to get a couple of interviews. The Chargers have expressed interest. I think he's going to get some interest from a couple of other teams that have openings as well. But I think he's more likely to come back. McDaniels, because he's an offensive guy, I think he's most likely to go. And don't be surprised if he ends up in San Francisco with Nick Cassero. I think if, if Jed York had his brothers, he would like to land a general manager and a coach from a successful organization. You can't get any more successful than Josh McDaniels and Nick Cassero, so he may end up bringing those two to San Francisco if it all works out. Do, do they go for a hat trick and bring Jimmy Garoppolo as well? Well, they, well, here's the thing. It would all depend on what the asking price is. You're not going to give up a top three pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, but you might be willing to be the San Francisco 49ers to either give up that second rounder or a future first rounder, or maybe you trade back into the first round on the back end of the first round, and maybe you dangle that pick to the Patriots. But Certainly, if McDaniels and Nick Cassero were to end up in San Francisco, there's a possibility that they make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo's going to be a popular target this offseason, and he's going to be linked to McDaniels, but if they end up there, that makes sense. Awesome. Good stuff, my friend. We appreciate you joining us. I hope you had a uh, wonderful holiday and New Year, and we wish you the best in 2017, all right? All right, same to you, bud. We'll talk to you next week. All right, that is John Serenades of XNOJoe.com and Fansided and many other places. And, of course, a high school football coach as well. Gives us the X and O's here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Our next segment, we'll bounce around the NFL and look ahead to Wild Card Weekend with Cole Wright of NFL Network. Stay with us. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice two. two. And now you're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no. It's just, and this, guy, yeah, this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns residents in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Ooh, three states. Come on. Weekdays, noon to 3 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit BedfordGreenNH.com. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fishing Games Wildlife Journal. 
You probably knew that several hunting seasons were going on in the fall. But what you may not know is that trapping season also began in October and runs through March, with most activity occurring between November and December. You mentioned the word trapping and various images come to mind. Some are accurate, some are emotionally based and decades old. The truth is that skilled trappers provide the state with important ecological and societal benefits at no cost. This part of our cultural heritage prevents flooding damage by beavers, minimizes disease risks like rabies and canine distemper, and provides tools for wildlife management. And because trapping is highly regulated, it doesn't cause species to become threatened nor extinct. So don't just take someone's word for it. Learn more about trapping in New Hampshire at huntnh.com. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. It's pouring rain, it's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really, really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp, this is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. I began to feel that there was no way I was ever going to have my title, U.S. Marine. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to do this. I was just thinking, I'm so close, I'm so close. And when I, I finished, I was like, I'm done. I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me straight in front of me, put her arm on my shoulder and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. Does your child have dreams? Some babies are born with skid, a serious defect of the immune system. Fortunately, my daughter Lily was screened, diagnosed, treated, and cured. With newborn screening, Lily and every child can have a lifetime of dreams. All newborns need to be screened for skid. A simple test may save your baby's life. Jeffrey Modell Foundation, helping children reach for their dreams. To learn more, talk to your doctor or visit our website at info4pi.org. We've got it all here on ESPN New Hampshire. Garrett Blunt, a celebration in the end zone for New England. 
The Patriots are five and a half minutes away from a perfect 8-0 road record this season. Oh, Floyd, Floyd battling to get to the end zone. Floyd extends his body for the touchdown. Catch and run for Floyd. The newest Patriot hits Pater. Tony Lippett could not keep him out of the end zone. 6'2", 220, and the desire to get his first Patriot touchdown from Tom Brady. Three Dolphins, four Dolphins here. Lewis and James White, both on the field at the same time. Third and seven for New England. Brady gets rid of it quickly. Catch! Julian Edelman! Off to the races! Julian Edelman! Goodbye, Edelman! Touchdown, New England! 77 yards on the catch and run! And a silencer! A devastating block from Michael Floyd and Tony Lippett just now getting up. Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host, Justin Sullivan, working the boards on a dreary, rainy January 3rd here in Nashua, New Hampshire. We're going to head to where I'm guessing it's, it's, it's beautiful out, as it always is. Uh, Cole Floyd out in Southern California. How are you doing, Cole? <laughs> What's going on, brother man? How's the weather, my friend? Uh, you know what? It's uh, it's kind of gloomy. It's actually overcast. I think it's uh, only upper fifties, which Re- is uh, that's that's kind of ugly. Yeah, right that's ugly for there, man. People must be it freaking is. out. I see the sun getting trying to burn some of that. That we like to call it. We don't like to call it uh, clouds. We like to call it a marine layer. Over <laughs> that's here, right. That's right. I remember so hearing. After that a one. while, it burns off the marine layer. You know? <laughs> but uh, it's it's getting it's getting a little late in the day. So I think it may just they may be clouds. It's, it's no longer a marine layer today. So we'll see. All right, my friend. Well, listen. Obviously, the the end of the regular season is here. We are now looking ahead to the playoffs. Uh, but we'll get to some of the uh, the stuff that happened yesterday before we look ahead to the wild card weekend. Uh, a lot of coaching changes going on. Uh, Black Monday came and. And the the axe was falling. Uh, any surprises from you as, as to some of the coaches that were dismissed um, on this Black Monday or since we've last spoken? Well, I wasn't really surprised any of the coaches that were dismissed. I'm just surprised at some of the coaches that were not dismissed. You know, it's <laughs> uh, I mean, geez, you, you look at some of the guys who were given their walking papers. Chip Kelly, after just one year, you know, Rex Ryan, he had a short run. Clearly, that happened a little bit before. You know all the other axes fell, but I mean, for Chip Kelly, am I a Chip Kelly fan? No, but am I a fan of if you're going to bring somebody in, at least let them try to exactly. do what you hired them to do. Yep. One year, I mean, like I said, like when he his the cupboards were so bare in San Francisco, it was like it was like for Friday when, when Craig went to the went to the fridge, like man, we got cereal, got no milk. I mean, we got hamburger, no helper. I mean, it's <laughs> That's what the covers look like in San Francisco. They didn't have everything they needed to be able to com- complete what Chip Kelly hoped to do. Because everyone sits here and, I'm like I said, I'm not a Chip Kelly fan. And I just think it's because of maybe how I've seen things go down. Maybe when he had to control the personnel in Philadelphia, things didn't make a whole bunch of sense. But his first two years, 
four games over 500, yeah. 10 and six, both times. You know, so you can't you can't really take anything away from that because it's not easy to have a winning record in the National Football League, and it's not easy to get double digit wins in the NFL. So Chip Kelly's done that. He's only coached four years in the league. You know, and he's done it twice. So you can't really take a whole bunch away from him. Will he have another job anytime soon? I don't know. Does he go back to college? We'll see. Yeah, see, that, and that would be your – I'm right with you. That's the only one that really took me by surprise and that I kind of disagree with is, is for all the reasons you said there. And I, I think we see it a lot in sports right now, and I think that's why not just in football, I mean across post sports, we see so little, um, you know, teams like the Patriots or, or say the Blackhawks in hockey or what have you, like that are consistently good is because – these sure. people, they don't have patience. Like, have some patience, man. If you're gonna you're gonna rebuild, it, it takes more than one year. It is, it's yeah. insane, and it's it's you know you got the owner out there like talking in that press conference. I thought he kind of made a jerk of himself, but um, it'll be interesting you to know, see what like, happens. It's almost like it's like since this is the new year, it's like the person that's like, all right, I'm gonna get back in shape. It's 2017. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to the gym, and they yeah. go to the gym this week, and they're like, ah, I'm still fat. I'm still, <laughs> I can't get everything together. It's like. It's Martellus Bacon speech there. Did you hear this? Wait, we got to play this for you, Cole. Somebody asked Martellus uh, Bennett, uh, Friday was National Bacon Day, and so he, he we'll just give you a little tidbit of what he had to say. No one likes okay. Canadian bacon. <laughs> it's not even bacon. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's like a different Damn. form of ham. I prefer crispy bacon, American bacon. Good, good American bacon. The grease, the kind that crunches when you chew it. You don't even chew it. You just bite it. Crunchy bacon. Bacon's delicious. I don't know. I've met too many people who don't. My wife don't even like pork and she eats bacon. <laughs> what are his New Year's resolutions? <laughs> hey, I, I don't know. Probably, probably just keep being entertaining. That's, that's oh, he's great. Like bacon. Best bet. What a quote. You know, do, how could you not like it? I no, mean, exactly. I, I prefer right brand bacon. It's like meat okay. candy. Yep. Yep. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty terrific. I like to just roll with the surname, but uh, I, 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 you know, not to take anything away from um, old Marty Mar, but uh, I'm a fan of Canadian bacon, man. Me too. I don't mind it. I like Canadian bacon. I like Canadian Canadian bacon on on pizza. Ooh, ooh! Now we're yeah, talking. Nice, nice Canadian I'm, bacon, green <sighs> pepper. I'm gonna have to get another pizza. I already like not three to close out 2016. What? Now I'm off ah, to this start. Like, come on. You're fine. I hear you. All right, let's get into the fun stuff, the happy stuff that is going on around the NFL. And, of course, that is the playoffs coming, and I know you guys are psyched in NFL Network, and you're getting ready for that. Wild card weekend. Uh, You're Giants. I said it on the crossover from the the afternoon show before my show today. I think they go into Green Bay, and I think they beat the Packers. Uh, What are you thinking? Man, there's a team right now that I I think – Nobody wants to face. I know it's the Packers. Uh, I, I but... think it's the Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, I know I did pick the Giants and, and, the, and the Raiders to make the Super Bowl. But that was, uh, that was a few weeks back. And, you know, <laughs> a lot's some, changed some since happened. then. <laughs> some things have happened. You know, I'm not hedging. But, uh, you know, obviously the Raiders don't have Derek Carr. But I, I would like to see the, the, the New York Giants go into Green Bay and get that W because – you know, not to take anything away from Aaron Rodgers, he's 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 quite the player. He lived up to his promise this year too. He ran the table when he said they were going to, but it's just just something about him. No, oh. it's something like, uh, yes, it's like 
I just hate his face or something. I don't know. <laughs> he's just when he he when he he's just so good at winning that it, it just makes it a tough pill to swallow, especially when you're from Chicago and you, you see the Packers and you've seen over the last 15 years, like all all the the, the they they put a thing out the other day. I saw that they had all the division winners over the last you know since two since 2000 is what it was, and it's just the NFC North was just cluttered with Packers. I mean, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's how Jets fans feel right now about the Patriots because obviously the Patriots it was just Patriot logo after Patriot logo. But yeah, you know, I would I would love to see the Giants go in there and and get the best of Aaron Rodgers. But uh, Murph, I don't know. I might have to go against my myself. All right, my, my I, okay. Man. Then give me if there is one upset you could really see happening in a wild card weekend, which would it be? Or is there one? Man. Is there one? You know. It's a t- it's a tough call, man. Um, maybe do we go Detroit? That's what I'm Seattle? thinking. I I think that, that I think that's a strong possibility, man. I don't yeah. like the way Seattle played ever since they beat the Patriots. Obviously, then they suffered the Earl Thomas injury, and since yeah. then, I they're not they don't they're they're really solid. Don't get me wrong. I I think they could still go right to the Super Bowl, but at the same time, they do not scare me. The way they do, they did when I woke up after them beating the Patriots. I, I just don't have that fear anymore about them. You know, it's uh, the only problem is, is they have Russell Russell Wilson. Right? Yep, and I mean, they're at home. That guy, and they're at home. You're always exactly, man. But when you when you're when your quarterback is Russell Wilson, you're always in the game. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like, but we we've seen this year that the, at those Detroit Lions, they're always in the game too. They don't give and up. If they're in the game, they don't. And if they're in the game late in the fourth quarter, you don't want to keep them around. Because they they'll hang around and they'll, they'll you know they'll get a win and they'll pull a rabbit out of the hat. So I mean I, I think that you know the key for Seattle will be to obviously get get a lead and hold it. Yeah. And you know get it get off early and and let them know that hey, you, know, you had to go on the road for a reason. We're the better team, and you know this is going to result in us moving along. So yeah, I can I can see Matt Stafford and them going in there because you know he's that wild card. He's that guy you never really know what you're going to get with and. uh so yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's more likely that Seattle goes in there and gets that, you know, you know yeah. protects home home field. But we'll, we'll see, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, and then finally, Cole, I want to just talk to you quickly. Uh, they will be at some point. I don't know the exact dates. They'll be handing out the awards. Uh, will another MVP be coming uh, New England's way in the form of Tom Brady? I don't think so. Does mm-hmm. he deserve it? Probably, but I mean, he has a smaller body of work than everybody else this year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's he was gone for those first, first four games, and it was it wasn't because of injury. That's what, is why he has a smaller body of work. And I think you know, the, some of the powers that be that maybe hand out the awards, some people that have votes take that into consideration. I don't think everything is solely based upon what, what was done on the field. Like, that's unfortunate, but I think you know maybe someone else is going to snag that. You know. As crazy as it would seem, Dak Prescott's going to get a lot of votes, but I think you know Zeke Elliott's going to maybe eat into some of his votes. You know, two rookies, you know, stealing votes from somebody. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, and that's t- you're right. You know, I think the the whole less games played by Brady will play a role there. Um, you know, you look though, Derek Carr. I wonder, you know, does his injury totally annihilate his chance? I mean, it shouldn't. I it mean, shouldn't, right? Did. Because, that, that I mean, he had them had in a place. season since 2002, Murph. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. And he gets them back to winning. 
and puts them back in the playoffs. Right. And they haven't made the playoffs since 2002. That's a long time ago. I mean, things were a whole lot different. You know, every, in 2002, pretty much everybody that was around, you know, they, they, they remember 9-11. That was only a year removed. Obviously, you know, people say now that this year's, I think, freshman class, like they weren't even born for 9-11. That's crazy. Like that just lets you know how long ago that really was. <laughs> I mean, you're like, oh, that's not long ago. It's like, wow. <laughs> but, you know, that you know that's, uh, I mean, I, I think Derek Carr, man, I think he, he's one of the best in the league. His preparation, second to none. I mean, yeah. he has his team playing on a whole new level. He has some tools, but we've seen a lot of quarterbacks in the league before that have had a lot of different tools and haven't been able to fully utilize them to the best of their advantage. So, yeah. you know, Derek Carr, he's a gamer. I would love to see him win it. You know, his, his brother David's a great guy. Um, you know, he, he's obviously a co-worker at the NFL Network. And, uh, you know, it would be great to see him because I, I do know how hard he works, you know, pretty much firsthand from David. Like, they work right. out in Bakersfield. They have a place out there. So, I know he gets after it. And I know he's he's just a great a great dude. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know who's going to end up bringing it home, but it, it's it's – if it's not Tom Brady, it's going to be a surprise. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, does he get it? I don't know, man. At, at one point, let's not forget that the Packers were 4-6. and six, So It's crazy. It's unreal, yeah. man. I mean, it's, it's been great, but does an MVP let his team get to 4-6? and six? There you go. So that's, that's a good point as well. That's a good point as well. And then if you're going to criticize Tom Brady for lack of games played... That you can fact that you can throw that at it and be like, well, then Aaron Rodgers should get it because I mean, basically he stunk for those amount of games. So exactly, exactly. you know, he was a non-factor. Exactly, sure. we still and see. And Drew Brees is not even. I mean, Drew Brees isn't even a Pro Bowler. <laughs> Threw for over five thousand yards, and he, he's not, I mean, he, I mean, his team didn't finish so so hot, but still. Hey, speaking I mean, of coaching well, changes, man, you think Peyton's coming back? Uh, Sean Payton's going to be back for. I mean. He said he wants to honor his uh, his, his contract. Yeah. He signed a, a new contract last year. We tried to get him to. I tried to get him personally on live television on NFL Network on the morning show to get him to sign his contract because he, he just walked out of the coaches' meeting <laughs> with it in his briefcase, and we they we we were told that he had it. It was going to be in his briefcase. So I asked him at the very beginning of the segment, and I asked him at the very end of the segment. Oh, like, that's Are you awesome. sure you don't want to sign that contract right now in front of <laughs> you know live television? That's great. But, uh, he declined. He declined. All but, right. Um, yeah, he declined. He did sign it, so he's there. He's with them for the next four years. But you know, they're talking about the, the trade of a coach. I mean, that's crazy. That sounds like you know something from yesteryear, like 1937. Like, say, uh, I'll trade you a coach for a coach. Uh, how about that? Uh, how about a third round pick? Yeah. And a and a, a pair of dungarees. Yeah. Like, they, what? they did it in hockey. Real old school. The Red Wings traded Babcock to Leafs two years ago. So you never know. We shall see. We True. shall see, my friend. Hey, listen, Happy New Year to you and yours, Likewise, and uh, best Absolutely. of luck in 17, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Absolutely, and Justin Sullivan, good looking out on that uh, on that uh, Curtis Mayfield. Everyone thought that was Kanye. Oh, <laughs> Curtis is the man, man. Stuff, Super fly. Superfly. Hey, you know, that's going to be my nickname now for uh, Martellus Bennett, not the Black Unicorn. He's Superfly. Nice. He's Superfly. Nice. That's him, buddy. Hey, listen, Cole, keep up the great work, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Likewise. All right, that is Cole Wright on NFL Network joining me here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. we got an open segment coming up. Maybe we'll uh, we'll talk about Justin's great work in picks. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, oh. we'll get that going here. Hoofist. <laughs> we'll see how he did and I did in the final week of the season and who ended up in first place overall as we approach the playoffs. Maybe we'll keep it going in the playoffs just to give him a chance to uh, come back. We'll see. 
Stay with us. The Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. Garbage. Nothing like the rest is the most you'll confess. But the time's running out and there's no happiness. Oh, super fly. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with ESPN New Hampshire Student Athlete of the Month of November with Gabrielle Masseur from Nashua North. How are you? Thank you so much. You broke Nashua North's high school lacrosse goal record as a junior. So that was obviously a really special game. We were playing against Merrimack. Definitely a really great game and it was really exciting, but I couldn't have done it without my teammates helping me out and getting the ball and feeding it to me and their support and my coaches' support. What's your favorite thing about playing lacrosse? So I love getting the ball and transitioning it from whether it be defense to offense, getting it from the draw and just like sprinting down as fast as I can and getting it to my team. I really like the teamwork and effort. On here, I'm seeing some volunteer work at the Nashua Soup Kitchen. Yep, I'm involved a lot in like within my school and like sports in my community. Nashua Soup Kitchen's one. I'm also vice president of National Honor Society. I'm a leader in Titan Connections. I'm a leader in Team Titan. I'm actually the secretary in the class of 2017. And where are you looking? at going to school, Gabby? I'm actually committed to play um, lacrosse at UNH. What is your inspiration to go above and beyond? My parents have always been there to support me and to believe in me, and I think that has really helped me become like the athlete I am and always reach for the stars and to go with all my heart, just to be the athlete and the person I am. So they definitely inspire me so much. That was Gabrielle Masseur from Nashua North, Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located at Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to begin. So I went to see Paul at our neighborhood Ace. I told Nate we have everything he needs to help him repair their home, from a wide selection of paint colors, craftsman tools, and the best lawn and garden brands. Ace is a place with exactly what you need, starting with help. Ace Hardware now is a brand-new store in Nashua on Pearl Street downtown. That's right, a brand-new Ace Hardware store in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua Ace Hardware is a division of Nashua Wallpaper. Game plans. That's how you handle tough opponents. So, when you're up against cold weather, make sure your game plan starts with a dependable, proven, tough Duralast battery. That's why AutoZone is the only place that carries a full range of Duralast batteries. They're designed to deliver more power during startup and stand up to even the harshest conditions and temperatures of 40 below zero. Cold weather's coming, so out-tough the temperatures with a Duralast battery. Proven tough and available only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Hey, sweetie. What's going on? Well, honey, I, uh, I have some news. Uh, okay. What? <laughs> All that training paid off. I got the job. Oh, I knew you would get it. 
So when do you start? When you donate stuff to Goodwill, you help provide job training for people right here in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. We've got it all here on ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire. Bob Marley and the Wheelers. Simmer down. Make it feel warm and tropical on a nice dreary day here in Nashville on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. A little scatolites for you. That's who I saw a week ago tomorrow open up for the Mighty Mighty Boston's down in Boston. And man, they put on a show. Lead singer, she's 78. 78 years old, and she was out there bouncing around, <laughs> cranking the reggae and the scar. 78. Wow. Yeah, man. If, you know? I could do, if I could do that at 78, I'll. I'll call that a good life. Jeez. Yeah. Doreen Schaefer. Wow. Unreal. Great stuff. Wow. It was great music. I sent you some clips. And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I watched yeah, it. It was cool, man. It yeah, was good. I had, I had a couple of buddies that were uh, clearly in the back, but they were enjoying themselves. And yeah. They posted to Instagram multiple times. Did you see the uh, backdrop they had? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And How they, cool was that? That was awesome. And they went, they went both nights, too. I think they went... They went the 28th and the 29th or whatever the days were. But he, he posted both nights. He's like, I'm, I'm going to both. Yeah. Then he got up and worked the next day. And he said yeah. it was said the work the next day was rough, but going was awesome. He so it was awesome. basically what they had, and we'll, we'll get back into sports here, but quickly. <laughs> you, I don't know if you're old enough to remember uh, the shoes Doc Martens. You mm, remember those shoes? No. Probably you know, look not. it up. So uh, yeah. they, uh, the Boston's all wear Doc Martens, boots or shoes, whatever. They were real huge and like the uh, – Early 90s, late yeah, yeah. 80s to late 90s, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. You're looking at them now? Yeah, I guess All so. Right. Yeah. So one of the current designers for Doc Martens is a huge Boston's fan. Yeah. And she sent uh, this design to uh, Dickie Barrett of the Boston's. I don't think she really knew him. I think they crossed paths, but yeah, she's yeah. like, hey, you know, if you want, it's on us. Yeah. You guys wear Doc Martens. You're always doing it. So uh, feel free to use this uh, on your uh, Doc Martens. We'll send you a pair if you want. This is the design. And she basically made these Doc Martens uh, in honor of the hometown Throwdown 19. And they all had like little slogans from all their songs over nice. the years. But of course, you know, we're talking on a boot or a shoe. There's not yeah. really enough room to fit all that. So Dickie says, well, why don't you do the – because one of their biggest things about their hometown throwdown, one of their biggest uh, attractions, is what are they going to have as a backdrop? Yeah. Last year they had the Rat Scaler, which was a old punk bar, like one of the most famous yeah, punk yeah. bars ever. 
used to be by Fenway Park and Kenmore Square. The year before, they had Fenway Park. The year before that, they had the old Boston Garden. Nice, yeah, yeah. So they always do something really cool for their backdrop. He says, why don't we do a, a Doc Martin shoot for our backdrop? <laughs> backdrop? Yeah. And you write in all those slogans, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll come out with suits yeah. with the same thing. That's awesome. And that's, that's how they did that's it. Awesome. It was unreal. And I met her after, and she actually had another version of that backdrop that was on the stage, but a smaller one, probably about the size of the banner in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sold for twenty seven thousand in an auction <laughs> nice. backstage after the show. Nice, twenty seven thousand. Nice, <laughs> it was pretty cool. So uh, yeah, it was great time. Good stuff, my friend. Good stuff. But uh, what wasn't so good for you, yeah, Justin? No. Was no. NFL picks? No, 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 no. Now, Garbage. you know, you still had a slight chance. It was. It was very. It was very slim. Very slim. Very slim. Uh, but when you go seven and eight. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help. That's not going to help. Even even though I went five and ten, yeah, it didn't help me. But I, needed, I still ended up winning. I needed some help. Needed I, some real help. I go ninety one and ninety one overall, and uh, for the regular season, you were eighty eight and ninety four. Uh, started off strong and faded real fast, just kind of like the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> faded, pretty much faded extremely fast. I will say, you did pick a lot of. And I think we talked about these type of games going into the games with Mario. Um, you had a lot of teams that lost, but that just fell in under the spread. Yeah. That got your wins. Kind of like the uh, the Browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Who, by the way, how do they blow that? Because they're the Browns, I guess, right? <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, definition of a... Uh, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I watched the end of that game. I mean, I'm cheering for them, too. Yeah. I mean, it's... Steelers don't have any. They don't need this game. That was that was the worst played football I've ever seen at the end. Do of you the think game, that ever. that was the GM calling down? Was like, guys, yeah, what are you that, doing? Winning? We I want was, the number one pick. I was talking with my friend, and we started going back and forth. I was watching at my buddy's house. And we're like, wait a minute. And they had mentioned the possibility of them not having it. And I said, so there's there's a chance they don't get the number one pick. There's clearly oh, someone yeah. saying, don't win. Because do not San Fran, right? San Fran. But yeah. then I looked it up, and actually, it's it, it they would have tied, and the tiebreaker because they are not in the same. Um, division card, whatever. They're not in the same conference. Their tiebreaker would have been strength of schedule. And San Fran's strength of schedule this year was number one. Number one. San Fran? San Fran. Uh, number one. Yeah, I mean, they played the Patriots, right? Number one strength of schedule. And the Browns was 25th. They played so, the Packers. Yeah. So the Browns are oh. by far the worst overall. Worst, worst. But that was the worst end of a game I've ever seen. I watched the end of, obviously, the Pats game, and they switched over to that. That was just horrible football, and it was just it was just gross. It was slow. It wasn't it was not good at all. Just terrible football. But yeah, I I tried my best on the end there. I needed a lot more than five there. <laughs> I needed yeah. I needed a better I needed a better afternoon. You know, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't end up being you know it didn't end up turning out that and way. And another one I thought I mean I told you in the Pats I just had a feeling they meant business, man. There yeah. was some, like we said with John. There's just yeah. something different about this Pats team yep. right now. Was it going to be on these? Oh, let's let them hang around. Um, you had the donkeys. Good pick yeah. there. Yes. I, I, I saw the Raiders having some troubles. But they still had stuff to play for. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then now they lose their second string quarterback. Yeah, Matt McGloin, yeah. I, I mean, honestly I honestly liked Connor Cook better when he came in and he and he, he looked he just looked more ready. I felt like McGloin was forcing things and it was just it was ugly looking. You know, yeah. that, that game should be an ugly game one, Houston v. Oakland, but I don't even I don't even know if Connor Cook can handle it either. They they're not the same team. They're definitely not going to be the same team without Derek Carr, even yeah. with that defense. We both picked the Saints to cover. 
And they got absolutely annihilated by Atlanta. <laughs> but apparently, we didn't do our research. Because I didn't realize, and I found this out halfway through the game. Yeah. They still had a lot to play for. They, had, they hadn't Atlanta? clinched that second yeah. seed yet. There, yeah. was, there was a hypothetical there where they could have slid out they of there. Slid out, yeah. Ooh, yeah. And also, the division wasn't officially clinched. Yeah. So they had a reason to want to, like, end with a, with a, you know, with a high note. On a high, and, like, yeah. the Patriots did, like, sort of cemented home, like, yeah. yo, we're, we're ready for the playoffs. Bring yeah. it on. Yep. And, you know, I heard Christian talking about they're an interesting team that nobody's talking about right now, Justin. And, they, hey, they did win the division. They, did, yeah. they are the second seed. They do have a bye. They can score at will. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Clear. Defense is a little better than I think people know. Yes. yes. We, you know, I, at least from my end of it, I don't get to see a lot of, you know, that's a team. Games. I don't know, man. I mean, they, could, yeah. they could sneak up on people. Nobody's talking about yeah, the Atlanta they, Falcons. They could definitely oh, hi, guys. Up. By the way, <laughs> I mean, don't worry about what our former running back did a couple yeah. weeks ago. We don't have to worry about they're, that. They're going to sneak on, sneak up on somebody. It's going to happen. I think they could. You know, and I mean, they're going to have a home game. And and the the offensive part of it too. The you know they're they're scoring at will, but they're they've played some good defenses. It's not like they haven't played anybody. You know, it's not like they're they're walking walking all over people. They're playing some. They've played some good teams, so they're proven. And I think they've had. You know, we always talk about the Falcons teams of the old. Oh, it's the same Falcons team. They're going to blow it. They're going to blow it. This team feels different. This team felt different from the beginning. So, mm-hmm. but like you said, no one's talking about them. They're going to sneak up on someone in, in the playoffs. They will. So, I'm trying to find the the updated playoff scenarios here and how it will work. So, the Patriots will get the winners at who? Uh, they will get the well. They'll get the whoever the lowest seed is. So, you know, if Miami, I don't think Miami's beating Pittsburgh. Period. But if Miami were to beat Pittsburgh, they got Miami. I just I don't see a situation where Miami beats Pittsburgh. So oh, if Pittsburgh wins, we would get if Pittsburgh wins, we would get the winner. The Raiders. Of, yeah, we would get the Raiders of Houston. Yeah, Houston, Oakland. So most likely Oakland, who were banged up. So okay, you'd get them in the, in the get, uh, division, division. Okay, round. so let's look at the uh, at the end. We're speaking to the Falcons here. Yeah. All right. So the Cowboys would get either the Lions if they won. Yeah. You get the whatever the reseed. They're going to get the Giants or the Pat. Ooh, that's a that's a tough matchup yeah. in the first game. So the the Falcons, though, if if uh, goes well here, the Falcons will get the Packers. Is that correct? Hmm, let me pull it up here. Yeah, yeah, we got to figure this out here. Let's figure this out before we cut to break because I'm trying to see like who the Falcons would actually welcome into Atlanta the first round. Let's see here. So you got the 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 sixth seed Lions are playing the third seed Seahawks, and yeah. the fifth seed Giants play the fourth seed Packers. So, so like you, you said, the Cowboys get the higher seed left. Yeah. So likely it's either going to be the Giants or the Packers. So one of those goes to to Dallas, yes. and then so the Seahawks, if all went as planned, if all yeah. the favorites won, Seahawks would then go. The to, Seahawks would go to Atlanta. That's a pretty good matchup. That's a great That's matchup, a but I think the matchup. Falcons could beat them at home. Yeah, I do. I do too. I think they could. the o- The offense part of especially it, especially on turf, on turf, and you know, it's been talked about enough. But Earl Thomas on and that defense, oh, yeah. it's a huge, huge difference when he's not out there. So I could, I could completely see a situation where the Falcons, you know, sneak up quarter. I mean, they're the higher seed, but they would sneak up on the Seattle Seahawks. That would be an upset to most people mm-hmm. if they were to, to beat the Seattle Seahawks. But you know, I, I could see with that offense at home. They could surprise some people. So if Seattle beats the Lions, then the Cowboys are definitely getting. They would get the Lions. No, the Lions are done. 
If Seattle oh, Sa- beats the Sa- Lions, yeah. then the Cowboys are definitely getting one of the Giants yes. and the Packers. And that's, that's I don't want that matchup from the good, Cowboys, man. I'm cheering for the Lions yeah. big time. Of course, yeah. Of course you are. That's But that's a good matchup. Imagine Aaron Rodgers in Dallas, second round. Yeah, that's that's a tough matchup, and I, I, might, and let's, pick, let's, I might pick Green Bay on that one. Let's not forget, man, this Dallas team, the bulk of them, yeah. the majority of them, especially their two key players, Prescott, <laughs> Have not seen any playoffs. Never seen the playoffs. It's a whole different element now. They have no clue. And people need to factor that in when they're making their predictions. So remember that later in the week when we do our predictions. There should be some interesting matchups. Because I'm such a nice guy, Justin. We're extending it into the playoffs, (laughs) all right? So you still have a chance. Okay. A small chance. It's a slight chance. But you do have a chance. We will continue (laughs) our year-long picks. I appreciate that. Pool. But, you know, we've we've never discussed this. Quickly, we'll do it before we go to break. What's the prize? Hmm. What are you thinking? Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. We'll have to. We'll, we'll have, have to, to discuss. To We're gonna have to discuss, discuss the next we'll few days about what that. the prize will be uh, for our pool of NFL picks. But in our next segment, we're going to switch gears back to hockey. Talk about the Bruins' situation coming off a really lackluster Dismal. effort in Jersey. I mean, not to take anything away from Corey Schneider, he was nasty. Uh, oh. He did steal one there. Yep. That was a sick save. Yep. But let's bring on in our next segment the. Uh, the campaign leader of the <laughs> Fire Claude Julian campaign, yes. Joe Haggerty, my good friend from Comcast Sports New England. Stay with us to Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. It's AD and Snow Country, brought to you by Northeast Delta Dental, offering dental insurance plans to families, individuals, and businesses of all sizes in Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Visit NEDelta.com for more information. The further north you sit, the better chance you'll get of a little more fresh snow to add to a couple of feet several mountains saw last week. Even though most will see a little bit of wet weather factoring in, you can't beat the fact that big snow and big snowmaking have our mountains in very good shape to kick off January with another prime stretch of cold snowmaking kicking in Wednesday night. At Crotchet, they'll get ready to ride on 40 runs, terrain park, tubing terrain, and nighttime skiing during the week at Gunstock. Pat's Peak riding day and night as well with almost every trail. It's over two dozen runs open at Pat's Peak. Ragged Mountain riding some natural snow runs off their six-pack. 28 trails open at Ragged. Mount Sunapee and Waterville Valley, both with over 40 trails apiece. At Loon, now 25 miles of terrain. And at Cannon, ride the aerial tramway to 84 runs. More at snowcountry.com. I'm Andy Davis. 
Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bardis Law. Bardis Law has three attorneys and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident, call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com. Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband, Sal, and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me in Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen-printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroidme-nashua.com or embroidme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner talking boxing with billy c every saturday morning from four to six here's my thoughts to wbc who likes to parade around and act like they are the sport of boxing they like to to promote their belt as the belt to have and for the most part a lot of fighters follow that thought process i think canelo alvarez would be in a position to really put some egg on the face of the WBC. On the home for 